Asia Tech Podcast. Voice of the Asian Tech Ecosystem. And we're live. This is Esports Asia TV. Uh, welcome back, Andy, Sabir. Hey, guys. And today we have the co-founder and owner of Evos Esports, Ivan Yeo. Hi, guys. Hi. Nice, nice to see you guys. <laughs> thank you. Nice to see <laughs> Thanks you. Thanks for inviting me. No, thank you, because uh, we've been playing this for quite some time now, right? <laughs> yeah. Like for the past three months, we've been going back and forth. But you're a busy man, Ivan. Yeah, You've been traveling a lot uh, in the region. Yeah. Uh, which countries have you been traveling between? Mostly um, Vietnam, Philippines, right. Indonesia, and Thailand. Thailand, because okay, yeah. you have teams in, uh, I know, Vietnam, Thailand, and Indonesia, right? Yeah, and just entered the uh, Philippines. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. I, I saw yeah, the announcement. The That's pretty cool. Which team was that? Mobile Legends. Mobile Legends. Yeah. Nice. nice. So you have presence both in Indonesia and the Philippines. Yeah. Basically, just Southeast Asia. Southeast Asia. Oh, my God. You must be busy as hell. <laughs> Dude. Well... I want to jump back into that uh, conversation before we started going live. We watched Love, Death, Robots. Oh, man. Yeah, so, so which episodes do you see? I watched until um, episode five. Until episode, episode five. five. I think I the did. Fa- the farmer one. The farmer one? Oh, <laughs> dude. The farmer one just unlocked something in me, you know? Which, which one was that? The farmer the, one? They had to kill the cockroaches. Remember? Oh yeah. yeah, dude, that's crazy. It's, <laughs> that it's, one, it's crazy. That one was one of my top three. I think. It's like yeah. Black Mirror, but yeah. animation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Good. Exactly. You know, that's that's what I thought. Do like, you guys know that every uh, episode is a different animation studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. And it's yeah. d- a different style as well. You yeah. can tell, right? Really and it's pretty cool. crazy. And the yeah. stories they tell is actually it's pretty just fun. Twisted, right? Oh yeah. I the first one was just like what? I watched the first one thinking, what is this gonna be? Because I I love watching trailers, right? So I watched the trailer and all right and I couldn't figure out what the hell this show was about right right and then you watch the first and second episode and you're like okay yeah it makes sense it's man. like you're watching black mirror like you saw the first episode and you think oh this is gonna be going like in this story right yeah but then it suddenly switch into something <laughs> different altogether with different style and you're thinking what the hell <laughs> but then you can't stop you no? just go into it just Absolutely. go into it this right. is why i treat my cat better than my dog <laughs> just saying <laughs> oh yeah for those listening and don't understand that reference go watch the episode about the three robots yeah. in uh, love death and robots yeah. it's pretty good it's gonna be mind-blowing for you if you're listening it for the first time yeah. and watching it for the first time it's, it's just crazy yep. all right so enough uh, entertainment <laughs> from that aspect uh, let's get into what we're here for which is esports of course we're going to talk about uh, evos and how it turns to be what it is today but let's talk about you first ivan because uh, i was wondering uh evos was founded 2016 is yeah, that yeah. right yeah so wow. before 2016 like what were you doing like where were you in life back then well i mean since the beginning i've always been an entrepreneur okay so mm-hmm. even before that i was doing uh businesses in um outside other countries so right. like japan cambodia and other stuff right mm-hmm. okay yeah. okay what what kind of businesses so like f&b real estate okay right. um, investments Invest- as well yeah. in general right right mm-hmm. so do you still have a business outside esports now uh, not much so okay. now it's like full-time on evos evos nice. right yeah. so that's how you pronounce it evos uh, depends on which country. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like exactly. In some country, it's uh, Evos. Yeah, some yeah. it's Evos. Yeah, because <laughs> I've, I've been uh, calling it Evos, but yeah, then I started fine. hearing it uh, Evos because Indonesians, they, they tend yeah. to pronounce it yep. the hard E, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Evos. Okay, so good to know. It's fine. Evos, yeah. Evos. <laughs> so how'd you get into gaming then? Um, I mean, I've always been a gamer, but didn't really see it from the business perspective mm-hmm. until like um, probably like five years plus ago. Mm. Okay. So like I was low watching a TI and deep down I knew that 
you know, esports eventually one day will be big. It's yeah. just that no one has figured out like how do you actually make money off of it, yeah. right? So I guess that's where um you know you think about how do you innovate in terms of esports and other businesses mm-hmm. and then build something build that's something different. Do you, right. do you think we've figured out the right way to make money off of it yet, or do you think we're still trying to figure that out? Mm, I think it depends, right? So um, it depends how you approach it, because um in general, right, esports by itself, you can't make money off of it. Mm. Like the business model is basically getting players and then playing a game and then get prize money. Exactly. Right, and they're hoping to get sponsors off of winning, mm. which in the long run doesn't really work. Because right. like, if you go to a sponsor and say, hey, I just won, sponsor me. Like, what did you lose next time? <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So like for us, um, we take business models from uh, traditional businesses. So like for this case, that's uh, influencers. Mm-hmm. All right, it's mm-hmm. very simple. You get X amount of followers, you know, you get advertisers on board, endorsements, yeah. and then it becomes a yeah. lot easier to monetize. Yeah. Try to yeah. test it. And then you have branded content mm-hmm. and other stuff as well. Okay. Yeah, that, that was the question that popped up in my mind when you said, you know, figuring out how to make money with yeah. esports. Because we are the region that is known to be the most under-monetized when mm-hmm. it comes to games. Yeah. Uh, even when it comes to casual games, like, you know, those Candy Crush stuff that you can actually buy stuff from. We're still under-monetized in that. And now we're talking about esports, which is another level of gaming. Yeah. So if let's say uh, we are thinking about innovation, right? Of course, we we figured out stuff like influencer, mm-hmm. uh, influencer marketing. You know, building the brand and then mm-hmm. uh, building businesses off of that. But around that, do you think there are existing models that you see can be the potential go-to model for you know? aspiring team owners or organizations that wants to jump into esports what yeah for sure um i think it's uh, important to rethink um esports right instead of looking at it as a business i would say look at it from uh, as a tool mm. a tool that grants you access to young people yes and it's a tool that um it's highly accessible and it's a tool that um allows you to build brand love with your brand mm-hmm. like there's no other industry um that allows you to do that. Right. Only sports and esports. Esports, yeah. Right. You, you can't love. You can't really love a brand, but you can love a team. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I think that that's kind of our perspective. How right. do we leverage uh, esports to um, create that kind of a uh, connection with the right. fans? Yeah. Even comparing it to sports now, the data shows that people who watch sports are usually the demographic demographics who are uh, generally older than the generation yeah. who are consuming esports, yeah. right? And so when now brands think about the future where the current young generations are going to be the ones with the most purchasing power, mm. yeah. they have to think of ways to tap into that, right? Yeah. And that's why I think uh, the brands are like heavily investing into esports now. Yeah. And talking about Ev- uh, Evos, right? Your uh, partners are actually... Uh, big names like from Indonesia. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> I remember three names that's uh, Unicorns, Tokopedia, Traveloka, oh, yeah. and Gojek, right? Yep. Gojek. Oh, yeah, the sponsors, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So these people, they aren't involved in esports, right? Yeah. Uh, by, by themselves. Mm-hmm. So they uh, uh, got your back and they are now in esports because of that. But before we talk about what's going on now, why do you think they were convinced? to jump into esports? Mm, I think different, um, there are different cases for each of them. Right. So I'll 
Gojek was actually our first sponsor ever. So Gojek was the first one. Yeah, the first wow. one. Wow. So okay. Like, awesome. But yeah, so like I went to them, I was like, look, you're going to get so much benefit. Mm. I even do it for you for free for one quarter. Oh, you said that. Wow. So, so I, I did it for free. I did everything, content, uh, nice. Facebook, Instagram, right, everything right. I did it for them. And then it shows, right? Because like just the news alone mm. of Gojek coming in Generated to buzz. support something you love was yeah. very big news oh, amongst yes. the millennials. Yes. Absolutely. So like back then it was Dota 2, right? right? So like when they came, it was like, oh, the courier is a Gojek. Hey, Gojek is coming. <laughs> right. So like you have like in game, like people just joking, hey, Gojek is coming. <laughs> oh no, Gojek is coming. <laughs> so right, it, it became right, very right. good because yeah. it added a, a new depth to the yes. brand. Yeah. It became a brand that, oh, support something that we love. Yes. Mm. And then that was very powerful to the consumers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it, like looking at the the state of the world today, mm -hmm. culturally, where we are in the age where memes are the pulse of the communities, mm. right? And when you mentioned in Dota, when the career is coming, they mentioned Gojek. Yeah. You've won the game as a brand, <laughs> yeah. right? Exactly. That means you are actually embedded oh, yeah. into the lives of the millennials. Yeah. And that's what I think the brands are looking to to achieve now, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So that's go, Jack. That's really interesting. I didn't mm -hmm. know that. That that's just pretty cool. Yeah. What about the other two names? Travel is uh, even funnier. So right. like you know, in Dota two, there's boots of travel. Oh yeah. my god. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a host of memes, man. So like okay. we're always memeing it, and right. then when we play the game, when the casters talk about it, oh boots of travel, travel <laughs> boots of travel. So wait, okay, okay. But uh, talking about how you approach them, maybe you can share with us, like, what was the talks like? You know, uh, it's actually very easy. You just don't pitch it from uh, Eastwood's perspective, yeah. right? Right. So if you're pitching to a brand, basically mm -hmm. there are three phases. Okay. To uh, to entice them, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Number one is exposure. Mm -hmm. How much reach? How much impressions can they get? What's sure. the, the basically the, the brand the hard exposure? Numbers. Yeah, yeah. By coming in. Yeah. Number two is engagement. Mm -hmm. By working with you, how are they able to engage with the community? Right. Uh, and this can c come from uh, events, can come from um, content, right. branded contents. Mm -hmm. and Even influencers, kind of yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, the last one is conversion. Mm -hmm. Of course. So conversion is slightly harder. Mostly right yeah. now is done offline right. or via like codes and yeah. that kind of stuff. But okay. that's changing. Right, mm -hmm. right, right. Yeah. So that was the approach with Traveloka. For all of them. For so all of them. Okay. Like, Simple, right? I just go to them. Mm. There are three phases to working with us. I see. Number one, make sure everyone knows you're working in yep. esports and yeah. support esports. Yep. Number two, engage with them by mm -hmm. creating content to that link. That is curated. Yeah, yeah to, to yes. brand um, their brand with esports. Yeah. And number three is like doing more activations. I see. Yeah. And you help with them, right? You help yeah, them of course, through we do everything. You guide right, them. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the other one is Tokopedia. Is there a specific story to of that? Of course. Okay. <laughs> Do share, Ivan. I, like stories. I so love like, this meme. You know, in, in any game, you're going to buy an item. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I can't get my head around this. And <laughs> <I don't. laughs> okay. I'm going to buy items from the shop, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so first right, the secret shop. Secret shop, you know? Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, you know, I wouldn't be surprprised if one day I log into League or something and I'm at the shop and it says powered by McDonald's <laughs> like yeah that's, that's actually true you know, right you, you, it's really happening happening in uh, Fortnite yeah yeah it's yeah a, it is it it's, is it's, we're, we're you know we're going into a, a, a day and age mm -hmm. where branding is actually going in virtually yes. right yep. you know the virtual real estate is actually so yeah. impactful mm -hmm. and you know yeah it's crazy I mean that's that's crazy right because now the 
I mean, talking about business, of course, it's great for the brands because now they have the exposure, they have the reach. Mm-hmm. But even for us who are, you know, rooting for esports, this is a great thing because now it's going to help esports go even further into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Because now people won't be surprised like what we just talked about. Like yeah. uh, in Fortnite, you see something powered by something. you're not surprised anymore because yeah. back then you're going to think what's the link between them right yep. if you see no link between this brand and esports you're going to write it off mm-hmm. but now you see a brand that is nothing to do with esports mm-hmm. but are now involved in esports you're thinking oh they have something in there yeah right? instead of like just writing it off. oh definitely so that's really encouraging for esports in general and of course yeah. for you as a, a team owner yeah Uh, is there like a, a, a next step for you as a team owner uh, uh, when it comes to you know brands, non-endemic brands jumping into esports? Yeah, I mean like recently we were working with uh, Pop Me, the instant cup yeah. model. Yeah, um, that's big. Kopi okay. Singha, coffee yeah, brands, Singha, yeah. uh, X. I can't say that. Oh, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> that deodorant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, plenty other more. Mm-hmm. So right. like the mainstream brands are actually coming in. Yes. And they're doing a lot of like interesting activation. Mm-hmm. So like um, in the next couple of months, if you are in Indonesia and you buy a, a packet of uh, coffee, right. you get a plush, uh, Evos plushie. With no it. way. Damn. Yeah. And um, right. yeah, we're doing like limited like runs, like shoes. Um, right. Um, from vintage toys yes. around okay. Evos. It's and a lot of merchandise. Working yeah. together with the brands mm. to roll it out. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, merchandise is definitely the way to go mm-hmm. if you have a brand equity. Mm-hmm. And and Evos like it's one of the biggest if not the biggest teams in Indonesia right of now. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so this fact alone, right? Evos was the first team to have reached 1 million followers on Instagram. Oh, yeah. That's correct, yeah, right? That's correct. So that shows that yeah. there's a lot of uh, brand equity, there's a lot of brand loyalty towards Evos. Yep. Do you think this is because of uh, the games you play? Uh, the way you uh, brought Evos into the markets or is it because of the personalities behind the teams? Mm. I'm leaning towards the third one, but maybe you have the a players, different play. Right, yeah. Yeah. So um, I think esports is no longer like niche. Yeah. Right now it's already it's mainstream. mainstream. Yeah. Because like when you, when you talk about esports in like Singapore, you think of like uh, Dota 2 or yeah. CSGO mm-hmm. or that kind of stuff. Right? Yeah, AOV even. Yeah, but if you look at Southeast Asia, like, Games like Mobile Legends have like 140 million users yes. just in Indonesia alone. Yes. Indonesia alone. Alone. And oh, monthly active users like what? 30, 25, 30 yeah. million. So like, I think if you're in the esports industry, games are basically a digital billboard. Mm-hmm. And if you own the number one team in that game, then all these people that are playing the game knows your brand. Right. Yep. So that's kind of how we, we see it and how we expand as well. So mm-hmm. like, In Indonesia, we are in Mobile Legends, Free Fire, PUBG Mobile. Mm-hmm. In Thailand, we are in AOV and mm-hmm. uh, PUBG Mobile. And in Vietnam, we are in uh, League of Legends right. and AOV. Yeah. And of course, Mobile Legends. Mobile Legends is from, from the Philippines, right? Yeah. yeah. I was talking about this with Sabir because uh, EVOS is like covering the whole spectrum of esports titles. Like mm-hmm. you are in every game, right? So my question was, <laughs> uh, I, I posted this to Sabir. Like, was this... Be- 
was this a conscious decision of you know going into this game into this game and into this game or is it growing organically because you saw an opportunity or maybe you just get approached by some you know teams who wanted to represent yeah. an organization because there's got to be a process in that right yeah. you're not just popping in there so maybe you can share with us i guess this is one of the beauty of being singaporean right right because <laughs> if you're a singaporean The moment you do business is like regional. Mm. So from the start, our goal was to be the number one Southeast Asia esports organization mm-hmm. from the beginning. From the beginning, right? Yeah. So um, when we entered, uh, we look we were looking at Vietnam. Okay. I was looking at the numbers. I mean, the average viewership for the League of Legends VCS was like hundred and fifty thousand live oh, viewers average. concurrent. Right, ACU. right, right. So like you know, that's a lot of people playing it. Yeah. And I mean, if you look at like AOV and all this, it's also around six to six figures. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like when I started, like 500, and I was like, holy, that's <laughs> so much. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, making yeah. bank on 500 viewers. <laughs> But now it's like six figures, you know. It's, yes. It's definitely big. Mm-hmm. So um, we are very precise on which game to enter. Right. So we don't enter games whereby it doesn't allow us to build our local community. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, any, so any examples in mind that you have for those games or no? Mm, sorry. Any examples of the games that you're not particularly interested in? Okay, you know, for example, into now? if you're doing Dota 2 in Vietnam or mm. Thailand, you're just wasting your money. Right? Uh, Or if you're doing like CS:GO in Indonesia, where like the viewership is 50. Yeah. Not gonna make <laughs> money. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting because, uh, like, talking about Counter Strike. I, I mean, I play Counter Strike. I'm from Indonesia, yeah. so like that hit hard for me. <laughs> <laughs> but but, I I know the scene has been. building uh, up a lot but there's that barrier that you just can't break mm-hmm. you know there's different factors like people are just not into it or maybe there's a barrier to entry into playing just playing the game itself you have to buy the you know pc with the specs and whatever yeah. so there's that and so now comes mobile where everybody can just have a phone and play mobile legends anytime anywhere and that shows right people now watch it every day It's now on television, and people knows about Mobile Legends, but there still seems to be people who thinks, why, why Mobile Legends? Like uh, <coughs> the recent, uh, I always talk about this Piala president. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game chosen was Mobile Legends, yep. but then those PC tryhards are like flaming the the, the Instagram page of Piala yep. president. Like, why this game? Why not <laughs> my game? But they don't see that the reasoning that yeah. we just talked about, right? Yep. Is there a way we can change their perspective in a way that they are not forced to change their minds? Because I see that as a barrier and as a challenge for us to grow esports into more mainstream. I, th- I think the key word is um, IP distribution. Mm. Mm. So if you're playing Fortnite right now, you can play it on PC, consoles, mobile, yep. basically everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. If you're playing PUBG, you have PUBG PC, you have PUBG, PUBG on mobile. console and PUBG mobile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you are a fan of PUBG, you can be on all the platforms. You know the IP, you watch the game. But if you look at CS:GO and Dota 2, it's PC locked. Mm. Yeah. So they are forever stuck in the PC generation, and they're not adapting their strategy to what gaming companies are becoming, mm, which right. is entertainment company. That'd be interesting to see gaming companies try to, you know. Break through that barrier for their existing titles, yeah. and I don't know how they could do that. They're probably already starting to do it yeah. for some games. Um, but yeah, I mean, look at Apex Legends, right? From the from the start, leveraging streamers, yes. launched the game, announced the product 
pipeline and it's like mobile console and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's necessary in this day it and is, age. Yeah. Because yes. if you're not doing there, there's this large chunk of um, players that you're not tapping on. Mm. Right. So do you think the legacy games, I would say, would die out in time? Because there is one company that tried, you know, announcing something that their game is going to be released on mobile. Mm-hmm. I think you know this. Blizzard Activision. Oh, yeah. Yep. They tried and failed horribly <laughs> that they are Diablo. now a meme. Do yeah. you know about this? N- oh, Diablo. Sorry. Diablo, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Do you guys not have phones? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I... So, I mean, they're doing it, you know, uh, the direction is right, yeah. right? Like we mentioned, they have to adapt. Mm. But then they do it in such a way that is offending to the people who mm. are already a loyal fan to of the course. brand, right? Mm-hmm. So, how, how how do they do this? Like, what can they do to adapt? In well, I mean, to, to be honest, they announced it at BlizzCon. Like people, <laughs> people travel all over the world and like no one sleep to get yeah. the yes. ticket. And then they reach there and it's like, hey, they are bloom for mobile. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it's like, hey, we are doing StarCraft 4 or 5 or like Diablo 4, hey, we have a mobile game. Yeah. Yeah. Right, it's going right. so, so when they went there, it's yes. like, hey, we have a mobile game. For they you put it as the main <laughs> event. Yeah. So I think that's, uh, yeah. You that's put, the mistake. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the mistake. That's right. Yeah. So, but I think, do you agree that they are going the direction, the, the right direction though, with the mobile expansion and everything? Yeah, they have to. Because like, if like, I want to play Diablo on mobile, then if, I, if it's not there, then it's missing that out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's, it's something that's good to have. Mm. And of course, you know, you just need to focus on the product. Yeah. It has to be yeah. a good game and everything. If yeah. not, obviously it's not going to work. Of course, yeah. of course. So yeah, there's still that basic requirement for a game, right? It's, it has to be good. People yeah. would have to love it. Yeah. And then the money would come and yeah. the expansions would come, right? It's not, and it's not even about like graphics right now. Yeah, no. It's about yeah. gameplay. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like yeah. one example is like uh, Dota Auto Chess. <laughs> we, were just, we were just about talking about it's that. not like fantastic right but I mean the gameplay is good mm, it's yeah. uh, enticing enticing it's yes. also relaxing oh, to play yes. so like people like that kind it's of it's almost stuff. like a cult following right now yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah. Yeah. But you see like on PC like Dota Auto Chess has like maybe like 6 million subscribers right but if they go to mobile oh, they don't that hits 100 million explode. Yeah. Yeah. See, so this is the thing right this made me think about Right. When when PUBG came out with mm. uh you know their battleground, yep. I was like, okay, sick, wow. Like this is such a great idea. No yes. one's gonna top this. Mm-hmm. Then bam, Fortnite comes out with their iteration. Exactly. Mm. Wow, sick. This is such a great idea. <laughs> no one's gonna top this. <laughs> then Apex came. Yeah. And they keep showing that you know you can you can rerun the same thing, but you can have your own iteration of it and yep. gamers will still come and play, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So again, Dota came out with their own unique innovation artifact. with auto chess. Right? Artifact, artifact. Yeah, artifact. sorry, sorry. Artifact. artifact, sorry, sorry. And and I'm just thinking, is it wiser for the gaming developers and publishers now to kind of look at this and be like, hey, okay, how can we tackle this type of gameplay? Mm. Or do you think they should just stick to their guns and then hope to innovate in the future right. and they're in their respective ways? Mm, I don't think they should just stick to their guns. Mm. I think as with any other company, right? You have 100% resource, you spend maybe like 60% on your existing stuff. Right. And then 40% you look for innovations. Mm-hmm. So no matter what company you are, innovation is key to your survival. Mm-hmm. So like, I wouldn't say like they should stick to the guns. Yeah. Like they should still improve the product. Sure. Make up Dota 3 or what have you. Yeah. But you still need some um, allocation towards um, trying new stuff, trying yeah. daring to fail and then, tr- you know, making new new things. Mm. Okay. I would love to see a league uh 
battle royale. <laughs> <laughs> that would be dope. I mean, Mobile Legends have done that, right? They yeah. they have actually mm-hmm. a battle royale yeah. mode, survival and, heroes, yeah. survival, mm-hmm. and that's actually pretty. Well, I would say it's pretty popular because they keep uh, putting it back in the game because mm-hmm. it's actually pretty seasonal, right? Yeah, you, yeah. you only have it for a certain period yep. of time, but it keeps coming back. Damn. And it shows, like, that means people are actually playing it and yeah, are it enjoying it, right? Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, innovate. That's that what that's what is the basic of yeah. what they should do, like, everyone, mm. if yeah. they are interested in surviving in the esports industry. All right, that's cool. Let's talk about EVOs in, uh, in terms of your players. And, and, and they're not just players. This is what I see. Because uh, especially in Indonesia, they're actually doubling their role as players professionally they compete at the highest level but they are also uh, influencers yep. like one of the most well-known players from evos is just no limit mm-hmm. right justin and yep. of course the the rest of the t- the lineup is actually pretty popular on their own yeah but just no limit is up there mm-hmm. and my question is have you tried uh, to do something to help him rise to his level right now in terms of popularity because, they, I mean, if they're good at the game, they would be able to go up there on their own. But I bet because they are in your team, they actually had some help with that, right? So what kind of things that you are doing that is supporting him to, you know, uh, enable him to be up there? So like, I think number one thing to note, just No Limit is probably the most hardworking player in mm, uh, EVOS. Right. So like people see all this fame and glory and money, but behind the scenes, he, he sleeps at like 12, wakes up at 5, wow. does his videos, does his uh, content and stuff. Wow. And then by 12, he's at the bootcamp training all the way until at night. So Damn. like, you know, not many people is willing to sacrifice that much to yes. do that. Yeah. So like there's a reason for his success as well. Mm. Yeah. For us at EVOS, we just try to support. I mean, that comes in our content, our branding, our story, and then supporting it from there. I mean, um, then like, you know, sales and all that kind right. of stuff, like sure. very typical stuff. But yeah, I think most of his success is, I would say, is a, a result of his hard work. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So like, you know, you can be an influencer, right? Mm. There are many influencers in, in this world. Yes. But he is basically an icon, the face of Mobile Legends in yeah. Indonesia. Yes. So that's, yeah, that's, that's different, I would say. So like in uh, Indonesia, we have Just No Limit, Face Off, uh, Mobile Legends. In like Thailand, we have like Guy and Crit who are like the face of AOV. AOV. In uh, Thailand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and Vietnam is a different story. Right. (laughs) (laughs) What what do you mean by a different story? It's a weird market. Mm. Um, I'm going to do it in detail some other time. (laughs) Um, Okay. That's very interesting because Vietnam, I think, uh, is one of the biggest esports market as well. Yeah, for sure, it's big. It's big, yeah. and and I I don't have that much knowledge about the Vietnam market, but I'm really interested to get into that. So next time next we're time. gonna talk about that. <laughs> All right. So back into your players, right? One thing that has been plaguing the 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 esports industry is acquisition of talent. How did you come about these players in the first place? Because there's got to be a process there. Like you can't just pick any random pop star, right? Yeah. Or did that's, you? That's basically it. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, it's about timing. Yeah. Right? Okay. Like yeah. if you're in the NALCS or LDC, you got to pay big yes. money because there's so many people vying for right. that few talents. Yeah. But when we started, we were the first one that go in. Mm. So no other esports organization was acquiring. Right. 
So it was relatively easy for us to like get the top players mm-hmm. back then. So when you say top players, yes, it is really the top. Bar. Damn, pop stops. That's, that's a good way to start. Damn. Okay. Because okay. like, because like when the game is new, it's about how many hours you put into the right. game yes. to get good at it. Right. Yeah. But once the game gets more developed, mm. it becomes about uh, how do you think around the game. Yeah. Right. 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 So it becomes more about efficiency. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So like for example, like Dota Two and League. Like back then, you gotta train maybe like twelve hours a day to be good. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's about how do you train in six hours effectively and right. be good. Right, mm-hmm. right. So that that's the it's evolving good. of. It's uh, a good way of summing it. Actually. Yeah, same, same yeah. as uh, sports, right? Yeah. You can't train twelve hours a day playing basketball. You're burning out. Yeah, so like yeah. you gotta find other stuff to improve yourself. So oh yeah, right. Like that's ball game, like you know, conditioning. Right. You know, that's interesting. Well. It's, it's a science, you know. Yeah, science, it's science, yeah. yeah. It's a science. So are you getting into that uh, with Evos? Yeah, I mean, like right now we start with like having all teams have a coach. Okay. Even like PUBG, we have a coach. Right. PUBG right. Mobile. Yeah, PUBG Mobile. Nice. Um, psychologists, fitness. So you do have an Evo psychologist. Yeah, of course. That's key. Damn. Yeah, that that's very important very, very because, like, mm. if you want to win, it's about in the game how good you are, and that's for the coach. And out of game, how good you are working together. Right. And that's for the psychologists and okay. the managers. So how did you uh, talk me through this? Because this is one of the most interesting aspects of esports for me personally as well. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you, I don't know, how do you think about getting, you know, onboarding those people who are on the, f- you know, previously on the fringes of esports, but are now an integral part of the industry, like the psychologists, the coaches, mm-hmm. like, like back like three, four years ago, you don't see a lot of teams with coaches behind them. Like for Counter-Strike, mm-hmm. now you see the five <coughs> players and there's always one guy behind watching over them yeah. as the coach, right? Yeah. Now it is mainstream, but before it went mainstream, you must have thought about it a lot, right? Like, mm-hmm. do I get a psychologist? Or was it an obvious decision for you? Like, how did you end up with a psychologist in your team? <coughs> I think... Um, when it comes to like running a business it's all about resource allocation mm-hmm. so like a psychologist might be a marginal return so at the start you can't really do it yeah, if you right. did it you probably run out of money mm. right? but as you go later stage you make money you're profitable and then you realize hey you need to look for more edges mm. even if it's at a marginal level mm. then you start bringing in psychologists sure. and um, physical therapists that's interesting because when you put it that way, it makes it sound as if psychologists are, you know, still uh, are just add-ons. Oh no, they're big. Teams. It's yeah. big, but okay. it it you also need to grow with the game. Sure. Because right? yeah. when the game is new, you don't really get that many professional players. Right. Yeah. So like when the psychologist comes, it's like, who's <clears> this guy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't need you. I just play my game. Yeah, right? exactly. But as they become more mature, more professional, then you bring in a psychologist, and then they understand. Right. It's yeah. Like, yeah, you know, my mental is not good on stage. Yes. I have a mental breakdown. Help mm. me. Because that is a problem in esports. Yeah. Like so, keeping up with all the, the changes in yeah, of course. such a short time, you have to cope with that. And yeah. dealing with the losses and wins. The losses, and yes. Especially, like, you, you know. Yeah, you, get a, you get a, like, a, you know, football mm. player who plays every week and a loss could be traumatic <coughs> to them. Traumatic, yeah. And yeah. you get these esports dudes, they go through, like, hundreds of losses a day, you know? True. It's crazy. True. All right, so... Okay, you obviously have experience with teams and, you know, building the team. Do you think you have found that formula? Like, for example, tomorrow a new game comes up in the esports realm. Can you replicate the model easily? Yeah, of course. Right. See, it's, um, you know, it's like playing a game. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say you're playing Dota 2. Yeah. The conditions are always changing. Mm-hmm. 
But for each condition, there's always a way to walk around. Mm -hmm. Right. Like if you're behind, there's a strategy around it to get back. Like, you know, and that kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah. And same thing, right? For like games, you have first mover yes. advantage or second mover advantage. Mm. So ideally, if you don't have much money, then you go with the first mover. You spot the trend, yeah. you get the team, you go in fast, and then you build it up. Build it. But that's also a gamble because if yes. you get it and they are not what it you expect out of it, then you lose. Mm -hmm. So the other way is you have money, you buy the players once they win, and then you build from that. Mm, right. So I right. think no matter what, there's always um, pros and cons and different ways of doing things. So mm -hmm. there shouldn't be like one like only way to do yeah. it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a title which is involved in esports who have not been performing well and are now out of esports. Like, is there a Hots. title? Huts? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. Yeah. So that's that's a problem, right? You mentioned the risk of being a first mover. That is the biggest risk of all. Like you investing your time and resources and everything into that game, and just have the game be, you know, driven out of the industry. Well, it's kind of like what he said, right? Mm -hmm. If you come into this esports industry and you only focus on winning the tournaments, right, and just getting the tournament cash money. You're kind of screwed, right? right? And you can't you can't really control the whole aspect behind the league setting and mm. the tournament setting. It's all the publishers and stuff that have to mm. do that. So if you focus on building your business outside the core, that's what I'm imagining. Mm -hmm. You guys have done, and actually the model yeah. that you're doing, yeah. way more successful, right? So yeah, yeah exactly. Data, right? Data. Like most people enter an investment without proper data, yeah. without mm -hmm. proper knowledge. Mm -hmm. So like maybe they're like, oh, I I love Heroes of the Storm. <laughs> I want to get a team. Right. They do it. All right. But that's not the right way to do it as well. Like for for me, it's like, oh, I want to do esports team. I like Dota two. Which country is the best? Right. That I can build a team. So you add layers into that analysis. Yes. Yeah. Right. So, so instead yeah. of just focusing on you know I love this game and then make a team. Exactly. There's like I love this game, but how can I work around this game? Yep. Yep. Right, right. Like, can you like share us share with us an example of uh, a specific title of you know you going through this mindset? Uh, League of Legends, okay, in Vietnam, right. So like, I was looking at League of Legends. Mm. It's huge globally. I know mm. if I go to like Worlds or MSI, that's like almost fifty to eighty million people watching. Yeah, yeah. So I was looking at Southeast Asia and which country is good for League of Legends. Mm. So I was watching the local leagues for Philippines, Indonesia, right. Thailand. So, so you're actually watching the yeah, games. Of course. Like, and then it's like, oh, 50 damn, viewers, yeah. oh, 80 viewers, <laughs> right, right, 200, right. 1,000, oh, not bad. And then I go to Vietnam, it's like 150,000. <laughs> and then you look at the data, oh, ranked second or third um, player population in the whole world for the league is in Vietnam. Damn. Damn. I in the world? Yeah. Damn. They are even above uh, Korea. When we entered, what? I did not know that. Just below China, right, right, right. <laughs> right. So not many people know that. So like, right. League of Legends is basically a religion in Vietnam, right? Wow, I didn't know. That. I just knew there were a lot of Vietnamese players. Yeah, I didn't yeah. Know. Damn. Yeah. So, so that's right. That's what you should be doing if you're trying to get into a game, right? Yeah, as of a course. as a uh, aspiring team owner, yeah. and and I think you you've you know shown a light of uh, uh, this idea of owning a team in a different way now. Because instead of just jumping in, which I think are, you know, many people are doing it right now. Like, for example, in Indonesia, they see Mobile Legends is getting so big. I have to be in it. Mm -hmm. I have to have a team in this. Yeah. But you just, you know, gave us a insight into what it's like in building a successful one from scratch. Yeah. So 
maybe this is a bit of a uh, bummer, but have you failed any team before? Mm, so like, as with any business, mm -hmm. it's about risk management. Mm. So don't make decisions that you can't afford to fail. Mm. Like for example, like, uh, just an example, right? Sure. Like, oh, I want to do League of Legends. Let's go LCK or LPL. <laughs> 20 million. Yeah, 20, 30 million. Like, that, that's an example, right? Yeah. So yeah. like, make bets that you can afford to fail. So like, yeah. for example, Fortnite, right? It's big in the West. Yes. You thought it would be big in like, uh, Southeast Asia, but it didn't. Mm. But you're not really risking much. just like a couple hundred dollars. In right. Yeah. So that's about, yeah, you know, we need sure. risk mitigation. Like we have the best player in Indonesia, but no one plays the game. No one right? plays. Yeah. Yeah, why, right. why? 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 Because it's PC. <laughs> oh, <laughs> again, um, right? And the you access need, and you need the iPhone. It's crazy to play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but now it's on Android, right? Yeah, but it's but slow. still, it's it's yeah. like they they get left behind. I 50, would say fifty-four yeah. percent of the market of gamers globally is here in Asia and these yeah. titles still aren't doing anything about mm. it. That's They have insane. no office here, so they are not doing any community right. events. Right, right. And that's that's important, right? Yeah, if, it's very if, important. If you mm. want to penetrate the market, you yeah. have to be there. Yeah. So which yeah. do you think are the organizations who are doing a great job at this? So like um, localization yeah. is very important. Like mm. what's your strategy on a local level? So like um, Free Fire did it correctly. They, they Free did Fire did it very well. Free yeah. Fire, yeah. Put it up. Moonton did it right. Yeah, um, Moonton, yeah. They, they use first mover advantage to enter the market. Because yeah. like, I mean, back then you're like, oh, Dota 2, if it's on mobile, I'll play that game. Right? <laughs> they did it. They were the yeah. first to do it. It wasn't the best, but people still played it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. True, to and this it day. Was, and, the, and it was accessible because you can play with everyone in Southwest Asia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. Versus like AOV, you only can play with Play within country. the country, yeah. yeah. That was one of my frustrations because yeah. I was trying to get into AOV because I was seeing Mobile Legends as this black sheep like people yeah. are people are playing it but then they're flaming it so there's that gray area yeah. like, do you love it or not so i was like trying oh maybe i should pivot into aov because it's more popular it's more uh, uh, uh neutral i yeah. would say the the reception but i'm here in singapore i wanted to play with indonesians but all i get is like there's weird characters in my chat like it's in a different <laughs> language but that's the thing right so I don't think they're doing a pretty good job in that. <laughs> yeah. So maybe there's a lesson to be learned. Yeah. There. So do you think the the okay? So you have a few titles. Which of these titles do you think are going to be here for the long haul? Mm, judging by what's happening for Indonesia, I think Mobile Legends will be at least around for the next three years. Right. I would say. Mm -hmm. Right. AOV is a question mark, mm. but I think there are some changes coming soon. I see. Mm, yeah. But yeah, I think Mobile Legends will be good. Okay. League of Legends will still be around. I mean, it's going to be ups and downs, but it's yes. still a legacy game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And I heard there's going to be LOL Mobile as well. Oh, yeah. that's going to be a changer. Man, yeah. I've been waiting for an LOL MMORPG <laughs> and it's MMORPG. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I've been waiting right. for that. <laughs> so what's it? Okay. Talking about legacy games again. Mm -hmm. LOL is so successful, even though it still requires PC access, right? Mm -hmm. What is it that they're doing right that the other legacy games are not, that allows them to be here still. Content mm. and esports, basically. Mm, right. Like League of Legends is still around because they are the way they did esports is so good, mm -hmm. and the way they market the the, the brand with esports is also very good. Yeah. Like right. if you look at MSI or Wolves, 
the content that they create around it, oh. documentaries and right, everything. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just next level, right? Yeah. Like, even if you don't watch the game, I didn't play League of Legends when I entered Vietnam, by the way. Right. Yeah, I, but I watch Wolves and MSI because mm. I follow the characters. And characters. when you follow the characters and you watch the game, you know who to cheer for. Oh, yeah. And yeah. they they capture the the essence of the characters yeah. really well, yeah. right? Like look look at like Uzi and you know the storylines around yeah. it, the animations, the mm. music videos, yeah. Like those are things that you know esports team has to do as well, right? So the story, right? Storytelling, yeah. So yeah storytelling it goes back to the storytelling. Goes back just because yeah. you know I feel like it's this is the most relatable to the everyday yeah. person who wants yes. to kind of dream big and say you know. I want to be this person. Mm. I want to be Michael Jordan. I want to be Tiger Woods. No, you know, you you can be this guy sitting in his bedroom playing video games. Yeah. And 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 when you see those people going like at the top level, mm. you kind of want to be there and you're actually thinking it is actually possible yeah. because he's doing exactly what I can do right now. You don't mm. have to wait until like three years of training in mm. this and this and this, yeah. but you can just start doing it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Mm, okay. oh, yeah. You know, documenting the ups and downs. Yes. You know, yes. showing what happens behind the scenes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the fights, the yeah. arguments, yeah. yeah, the the crying. Yes. I have some footage, but I don't think I show it <laughs> next time. Next time. But, yeah. But yeah, you need to document it. Right. And right. Tell the story. Like mm. for us, our brand is basically we never win, but we never give up. <laughs> is that is that really the setup? Win. <laughs> so win. wait, wait, which games though? Which games do you never win? Mobile Legends? <laughs> Mobile Legends? Yeah. Really yeah, though? I would never win. But I mean, I know they're pretty good. But why do you think you don't win? Your your rival is really good, right? In in Indonesia, who's your rival? RQ, RQ. RQ. Oh. Yeah, yeah, they're they're really good, and they they partnered with PSG now. Yeah. So they are huge, and okay. they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do you think is uh, in between you and winning? For them, they focus on winning. <laughs> for for me, I focus on making sure my players have a long life yeah. career. So right. that's why like, um, I think it's important to understand what's the value of winning. Mm. Me winning today versus we winning next year, I think next year is more important. Right. Because mm-hmm. right? the value of winning will only go up as it gets more competitive. Mm-hmm. True. So like for me, I'm, I'm building on infrastructure. I'm trying to make sure that when my players do retire, I still can support them. Mm. See, that's that's what separates, you know, a team from a good team. I mm. think, like, if you if you look, sorry again, all the league references. That's what I feel like Team Liquid have done, mm-hmm. right? They focused on the next few years, and now they're just dominating. dominating because they yeah. they built all the yeah. infrastructure. Around at one them. point, Team Liquid was actually a meme. Oh, they were a meme, right? Yeah, they never they win. They yeah. never win exactly. <laughs> but now you see they have presence in like every legacy game yeah. League of Legends they're winning yep. CSGO they're dominating the North American scene like Dota. nobody is beating them Dota has won the TI yeah. right also like uh, winning is expensive yeah. <laughs> so like if you want to build a business and your only goal is to win you need to make money as well mm. right so if you don't make money you can't win because mm-hmm. someone that spends more than you that brings in that little edge is going to win you for sure right, right. So is this your strategy then? You you're building the business first, and then you you're well. I I wouldn't say hoping, but you know that the winning is gonna come later. Yeah, for sure. And I think end of the day, if you're running an esports team, it's there are two thing, two people that you need to take care of. Okay. One is the fans, and one is your players, mm-hmm. and the rest will just come. Because mm-hmm. if the fans are happy, the players are happy, the brands will come. So, right. So how do you get the players to buy into this idea that you have, or to this kind of vision that you have? 
I don't right. tell them to buy in. I just do it, <laughs> yeah. and then they realize, hey, why is my life so much better than the players at RQ? <laughs> so wait, wait, <laughs> why are RQ players so poor? <laughs> that's fine. That's, that's that's really fun to hear, and I, I expect there's a story there. So let me ask you, like. Do they really think that? No, no. Of course oh, not. <laughs> just trying to give you guys some clickbait. No, this is good. RQ sucks. Yes. You know, <laughs> you know what? Team gonna... Flash sucks. <laughs> Boom ID sucks. No. Evo's owner says RQ Evo's. This is great, man. This is going to be the headline. Okay, next article, Ivan Yo. Uh, pretty sucks. much team sucks. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. But, okay, on a serious note, um, I'm pretty mo- I'm pretty sure that your players are well I I'm I'm seeing that there's a level of loyalty in your players which is great because that's what I think is the factor that would encourage longevity in a team mm-hmm. instead of you know you dominating this year and then next year you're like you you just disappear so what efforts are you putting in like specifically to help your players stay loyal to the brand i think like um if you look at evos the entire organization people rally like the employees and the players rarely leave evos because mm. like we prepare for them of like you know we are doing a lot of things outside the game that supports them mm. and also making sure that the, the salary can be um on par with outside mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so um there are a lot of things that we do yeah, but <laughs> that costs money right yeah but I think end of the day it's about growth, growth yeah, right yeah. if you're working for a company and the company's not growing you'll mm. feel like hey I'm stuck here yeah I'm just collecting my paycheck yeah but if like every quarter there's something new coming up there's right. a new like new type of content new uh, expansion you know more people coming in better people coming in then you don't want to live a Soaring ship as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. You only jump when it's a sinking ship. Absolutely. So the the perception of growth is very important. Right. And I I guess that's what we kind of do. We don't Mm. really force them to stay. Mm. We just focus on growing the company, growing our support, growing the infrastructure. Mm. And they will want to stay because Because they get to benefit all of it. Exactly. So let's talk about the ecosystem then because you, you mentioned there's players and then there's the fans. But in between those two, there's a whole range of ecosystem builders. Like now you're talking about content. Of course, mm-hmm. you need content. Creators, yeah, of course. Right? So these talent, talk, talk about them. Like what kind of talents are you looking for when you are building a team for, for let's say, a, a new region, Philippines? You will now start to build a brand in the Philippines, right? Yeah. So then you'll need to hire the talent to do just that. Mm-hmm. What kind of talents are you looking for? You know, the type of people... Are you hiring fresh grads? You know, those people would want to know. People right? people named Andy, you know. Yeah, people named Andy from <laughs> and Indonesia. <laughs> oh, you mean like employees? Yeah, employees yeah. or, well, you I mean, know, that, whatever. Like just yeah, starting yeah. a team in like Philippines, starting, you know, yeah. it's, it's a daunting task. So, I guess, get it. Um, so I'll use Thailand as an example. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, we're going to get a team. So you have a choice, right? Get the most pro team that right. could win or get the team that has the most fans. Right. So because it's a new it's a new market, we chose the second one. Mm-hmm. That's okay. why we don't win. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so like we get the team, um, we help them with their content and mm. YouTube channel and everything. And of course we do the esports as well. House, gaming house, all the mm. infrastructure and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, end of the day, 
if you take care of the players and the players have fans, the fans know that you're taking care of the players and then you have fans. Yeah. Yeah. True. Okay. So that's how we normally end. So do people then just come to you, you know, asking, do you have an opening for this role, you know, video editing or whatever? What do you, do you have those kind of, yeah, of things course. happening? So um, I think at the start, when you just go into the market, um, the people you hire are people that love esports. Right. But as you progress, you get a lot more professional talent. Yeah. Like my last six hires are all people over 40. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Over 40, but they're, hmm? Were they in esports, like into esports? No, they're not. They're like right. producers, right. Um, directors, uh, uh, old coaches. Um, so complete outsiders. Yeah, complete outsiders. Marketing, account executive. And how did, they, how did they find the, the, the you know, the how did they integration yeah. into esports? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're doing content. Like yeah. for us, mm. like like I said just now, we're focused a lot on the fans. Yeah. And when you focus on the fans, it's about fan experience. Mm-hmm. How does it feel to support Evos? Mm-hmm. Like right now, we're doing uh, feature films, music videos. Right. We're doing uh, yeah, short films, short films yeah. animation as well. Nice. Mm. So we're doing all this to add another layer to what it means to be an Evos fan. Right. Yeah. And that's the great thing because... Now we're 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 moving into a phase where we're not just thinking about players, pro players competing, winning tournaments, but we're like you said, we are moving towards the entertainment industry for esports, right? And so the gaming companies, the esports organizations, the teams, they have to think about how to navigate towards that, and and you're doing just that by you know enabling people outside esports to apply their skills into esports and build yeah. this uh, image of the industry being an entertainment one so th- there there is a challenge in that right like people wouldn't see it that way yet for now yeah so did you have to do a lot of convincing like you know when you hire these people are they very enthusiastic or were you kind of hey, did you have to approach them and you know explain to them mm, i think it's relatively easy for us i guess mm. because like the things that we're doing is things that no one is doing in southeast asia right. even in entertainment side mm-hmm. so like our goal and vision for this company was to inspire um turn dreams into reality mm. and inspire the next generation so everything that we do the films the music the animations are things that um the arts that we focus on to show like be a platform to show the artists in each country. Mm-hmm. So we just launched a new program called uh, Evos X. So Evos mm-hmm. collaborates with. So right. we're working with a lot of local artists, local singers and mm-hmm. songwriters, local producers right. to kind of bring them into esports to tap mm. the esports yeah. audience. Awesome. And then showing them like, hey, you can do a lot more. Right. So what, what kind of content are you thinking of when you when you talk about Evos X? We really have, we are, we are launching our uh, album this album year. yeah we really have two songs two singles damn okay two singles we have our animation series coming up right so like we have our, our mascot roar yeah so like we have our animation series for him that's awesome and then <laughs> we're doing a short film so like i really do documentaries right our mm. players are inside so we kind of take the stories of our players right the hardships and mm. all the stuff that they go through and then put it into a fictional film so that you can right. dramatize it and bring actors and everything. Damn. <laughs> so, so you're, you're like moving into a production company now. 
well, I mean, we, we, we expand based on what we need. Right. Yeah. So this is something that we need. So right. that's what we're entering right. into. That's awesome. It is really awesome. I mean, the, the, the part where you're featuring local artists, that's when I, I, I feel really thankful for, even for them. Like, because now even arts is still not that big in Southeast Asia. Yep. Right. And, and <clears throat> while esports is rising, Arts is like still, you yeah, know, like floating around, stars, right? And, and and people still look down on it. Mm -hmm. But when you match this two together, mm -hmm. now you're kind of latching onto the meteoric rise of esports yep. and helping raise yeah. uh, the game with artists, right? And it works. And it works. It works. Damn. Right. Yeah. So, so like for us, you know, you're basically a youth entertainment company. Mm. So anything and everything related to youth entertainment, that's where we are. That's in. where you mm. are. All right. So what are the things that are worrying for you right now? Because, you know, there are problems, right? Not everything yeah. is rosy. So what keeps you at night, Ivan? I guess it's more about growth. And we are kind of in a position where the company is almost 200 people. <sighs> that's uh, big. 200 people. Wow. Uh, I mean... Not uh, including players. That's like right. Voice. Right. And... It's not like a tech company, right? In a tech company, if you fail, they can still go to another tech company. Yeah. Mm. But for us, if we fail, they don't really have many places to go. Yes. Because like these are people pursuing their passion. They love what yeah. they do every day. And if we do fail, that's detrimental. That's a huge burden on you, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So like that's why we that's what keeps the management team going. Like yeah. we want to keep growing and doing bigger things so that all our staffs and team can progress as well. Like our our content guy has been involved for two years. Two years. He started as like a video and graphic designer. Right. Now he's a director. Um, so like that's what we, we do. The progression. The progression, yeah. yeah that's amazing. Yeah. So, so we're, we're hiring better people now. He's mm, learning. Mm. Content quality is improving. So yeah, I, that's, think good. I feel like that's, that's the definition of, you know, locked in. Like everyone yes. seems locked in. They believe in each other. And yeah. you know, you, your growth is showing, Fred, and, and it will continue to show. Yes, hopefully. definitely. Amen. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So do you have your own psychologist for that? Because no. I, I can't imagine like, you know, the burden of thinking about, oh, there's 200 people I have to take care of and, and everything. Like no, that must, stresses you out. You must de-stress with some games sometimes. Oh, right? yeah. So? Any any games? I played auto chess. You play auto chess? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> oh my goodness, man. Everyone, man. I can't get a single friend to play a game with me because they're all playing bloody oh, auto yes. chess. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I play I auto chess and then watch esports. Watch yeah, e I watch too much esports. What, what do you like watching? Yeah. I like um I like watching Evos play. Yeah. Yeah. That's only that's the only team I watch. <laughs> <laughs> Loyal as ever. <laughs> I love that. Like you believe in yourself so much you I only mean, watch yourself. Why would he watch the others? They're all trash. He said yeah, it himself. Exactly. <laughs> himself, right? I repeat the clickbait. It's <laughs> 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 so great. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, you're friends with Terrence, right? Team Flash? Yeah, Flash sucks as well. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but you're still friends. So uh, that's interesting to me because one of the things I mentioned to Terrence is I'm interested to have you and Terrence on the show as well with us, right? Yeah. So we can, you know, have a chat, sort of a round table for the team owners so mm -hmm. we can just bounce off ideas, discuss yeah. what's happening around. What would you want to discuss when that eventually happens? I don't know. Why does his team suck so right. Yeah, that's, that's the first question you're going to ask him. No. I guess like, how can we bring 
esports owners together mm. to grow the scene together. Together, yeah. Because right now everyone's doing their own thing yep. and fighting each other, like building wars and everything. Yeah. When everyone should be together, setting the standard and setting the foundation mm. for a strong and bright esports yeah. future. Mm. And and that's also the trend within countries. Mm-hmm. Like for example, we talk about the countries you're in, like Vietnam, Thailand, yeah. Philippines, Indonesia. They're at their own pace now with esports, yeah. right? Yeah. And y- you can certainly see which countries are at the forefront of the industry, right? Yeah. So what is keeping them apart? Like why aren't we banding together as a region? Because I, I personally feel that if we eventually come together, work together to grow esports together, we are going to do so much stuff, so much better. Like when you see the North America scene, you see the European scene, they're so developed that uh, you, you can tell that the regions <coughs> within, the countries within those regions, they are banding together in a way that is not happening here in Southeast Asia between mm. the countries. So what, what what's stopping us from doing that? I think Southeast Asia is very fragmented. Mm. Not in, only in the culture and languages, but also in the games that they love. Yeah. So like, you know, Indonesia is mobile and Mobile Legends, mobile Legends. and then Thailand is AOV. No yeah. one plays Mobile Legends in, in Thailand. Thailand. And Vietnam. Yeah. That's interesting. So it's quite hard to sync. I think that the next spurt of growth, like massive growth, will come when the entire Southeast Asia is playing just one game. Mm. Damn. I wonder what that one game would be. That that would be huge. But do you ever see that happening? Eventually it will. It depends. It honestly depends on the publisher because it Mm. comes down to strategy as well. How are you expanding in the local market? How are you localizing the content and the strategy to Mm. it? Mm. And I think most publishers have their strengths. Like like I always joke like uh, (laughs) Karina is good in countries where the alphabets and the language is not like alphabets. <laughs> so Thailand, Thailand Vietnam. Vietnam. All right, all right. Yeah, and then like Mobile Legend is good in like alphabet alphabet countries. countries. <laughs> <laughs> and and I like that. There's there's one point I thought I, I like. It depends on uh, you know talking about the eventual one game you play. I think there's a huge role that is being played by the C games mm-hmm. because you curate the games. You yeah. don't just you know, let all the games play their own tournaments, right? Mm-hmm. You have six titles yeah. out of God knows how many now. That is a challenge for the publishers as well. Like, how how do you package your game? I I, I say I, I guess like so that eventually, when the Olympics get esports in their program, that their game will be picked, right? And that is the way I see for the region to unite. Because when the Olympics have this game, right, and and then everybody's like gearing towards that same game, then we can start syncing up, <clears throat> like the one you mentioned, like when yeah. we play the same game, right? Is there anything we can do at this level? Like uh, one thing I love about esports is the grassroots movement because mm. it is really uh, the driving force in the region, yeah. right? Is there anything we can do? I I don't think you need to do anything. Like right. just focus on building the community out, make the community bigger. Mm. And then eventually it's not we that needs SEA mm-hmm. Games or Olympics, it's they that need us, mm-hmm. right? So like, I think going into SEA Games and going into the like Olympics are news that are good for us when it comes to like talking to people. Yeah, It's like, hey, is that SEA Games? That's, you know? True. But the actual execution is still a, a question mark. Because mm-hmm. like, if you ask a pro player, like, would you rather win um, go to Walls 
or go to Olympics. <laughs> Most people will say walls, or yeah, try, right. or you know MSI. Yeah. So the, the, the prestige, the prestige still needs is, to be yeah. accounted for, yeah. right? Because it, it it really um screws up the whole schedule yes. as well. True, true, true. Yes. So if the Olympics can work closely with the, the publishers, right, and make walls Olympics, then that's a whole different story. That's mm. a different story, and and I guess we can talk about that if it ever comes to that. Yeah, right? but judging from how it, yeah, I don't think it's gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, and and just one last thing, like uh, about like Sea Games, because obviously it's happening in November in the mm-hmm. Philippines, right? <clears throat> how do you sort the players out? Because you're representing countries now, right? Yeah. Indonesia, you have RQ, your rival, mm-hmm. Evil's players. Like, are you gonna work together? Or are you gonna pick one team to represent the country? I think like for the last Asian Games, they just had a qualifier, right? And then they play. So the winner of the qualifier then goes yeah. on to represent. the country. because like to do like an all-star team, it's yeah. almost impossible. Yeah. It's also hard, right? Yeah, it's very difficult because you still okay. need the team chemistry sure, as well. Yeah, sure. All right. Then I guess we'll have to wait. I guess Evos because RQ sucks, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yep. So thank you, Ivan. This has been yeah. really great. I mean, you have given us so much insight into yeah. the workings of a team. Absolutely. And of course, the Southeast Asian scene of esports is really refreshing. And, and you know, some fun jokes, clickbaits. <laughs> thank you for the clickbaits. We still got a lot more to learn from Please you. put it in the front so people don't know. <laughs> I will. <laughs> I, I, I learned from your content, actually. Like, with Evos clips, they actually put the highlights first, right? Yeah. and then yeah. they go into the full length yeah that's, so we're gonna that's put how to, that's how yeah. to do put it, it in front like, we're gonna put that know? in front you're gonna <laughs> see it Ivan so alright so one last question last before question. we let you go um, if you could choose one person to be a guest on this show who would you nominate could be anyone oh Adrian from uh, RQ Adrian from Adrian RQ from okay RQ. Well, Adrian you hear uh, that is he Indonesian yeah he's Indonesian okay does he ever come to Singapore uh, just just tell him to come alright you yeah, help tell us. him to come and trash talk evil on show. he's gonna love that opportunity right yeah. alright so thank Adrian from again, RQ man. that's really great so thank you thank, uh, you. thank you guys for having me no it's our pleasure Absolutely. and I'm looking forward to having you back because I'm planning a we're planning a session yep. with you and Terrence and having a round table nice. so looking Definitely. forward to that so for you listeners viewers thank you for tuning in that's Ivan really fun guy and uh if you'd like to see more of this, uh, just subscribe, like, share. And of course, we have our Patreon page if you want to support us, patreon.com slash esportsasia. You can just view it in the show notes. And we're going to do more. There's, there's going to be a lot more interesting guests on the show. And so we're going to see you at the next one. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to Asia Tech Podcast. Find out more at atp.show.